Today on Lockdown Canadians, we're going to talk about the Tanner Pearson trade, obviously, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Lane Hudson, expectations for him, and then finally some training camp expectations and all that's coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 915. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And as always, I would like to remind you never to take medication without unless you are under the direction of a licensed physician. This is episode 915, and it is a weird hybrid episode. So my name is Laura Saba, and as you know, I'm one of the co-hosts of Locked On Canadians. Uh, Scott and I had recorded an episode. He is traveling, so we pre-recorded an episode. Um, and what happened in the meantime was the Canadians obviously traded away Casey DeSmith for Tanner Pearson and a third rounder in 2025. So um, I'm kind of splicing the two episodes together. So I've removed the first segment um, that was about the Mike Babcock story. Uh, and uh, I'm going to leave the Lane Hudson and training camp expectation stories and the Mike Babcock, the Babcock thoughts can go in a later episode. Uh, just for this segment, I do want to talk about my rapid reaction to the trade um, and then we'll get a little bit more in depth uh, on tomorrow's episode. I just wanted to make sure that my you know, uh, my instant reaction and some thoughts that I gathered as well were in the soonest episode possible after the trade. So obviously the Canadians had a dearth of goalies, um, not a dearth of goalies, I'm sorry, an abundance of goalies. The Canadians had way too many goaltenders. They had like a million. Um, and obviously uh, one of the questions was, is Jake Allen more tradable or is Casey DeSmith more tradable? Who has a more tradable contract? Who's a more serviceable goaltender? Who's a more attractive uh, piece? Do the Canadians have long-term expectations for either one? Uh, all of those conversations were taking place. Um, and in the meantime, we do know that Kent Hughes had promised Casey DeSmith some news on his future uh, prior to the season starting, whether it would be to trade him or to make him one of to solidify his position on the Montreal Canadiens regular roster. Um, and what ended up happening is that he got traded to the Vancouver Canucks. And in exchange, the Canadians got a 2025 third rounder um, and they got Tanner Pearson. So I think a lot of people... Uh, or focus on the Tanner Pearson trade as evidence like I even put it in our show graphic today Tanner Pearson trade uh, but I think it's a little bit misleading to kind of focus on that part because essentially the Canadians needed to get rid of a contract they had too many goalies um, they do seem to really like Jake Allen and they do seem to really like Samuel Montembeau so I don't think that the preference would have been to trade either of those two goaltenders. Uh, they obviously, you know, need to thin out their roster. They're over the cap, blah, blah, blah. But I think we kind of need to remember that essentially what the Canadians did was the Casey DeSmith was just, he was an extra piece 
uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. They got him as part of a three-way trade, but the team would be no different with or without him, right? If you look at last season's roster and this season's roster, they're really like the lack of Casey to Smith would not have hurt him, hurt them this regular season. Um, and so, you know, they essentially got a third rounder for him and they took on obviously a contract of a player who's often injured, uh, Tanner Pearson, who uh, I think his career, you know, somebody with a lot of potential whose career might've been derailed by injury. Um, and right now he makes quite a bit of money. He's, he's in the last year. Uh, of his contract though so he could be a deadline trade bait kind of player uh the canadians are taking on uh you know three million plus salary uh which is not nothing and i don't necessarily know if they're going to keep him if they're going to put him on the training block right away he was activated from injured reserve by the canucks to facilitate this trade but we don't know exactly what his recovery situation is either uh we can speculate and we can guess and the canadians can tell us all they want but we're not really sure exactly what purpose he's going to serve on the Montreal Canadiens. I think the key to remember, though, is that at this point in time, it looks like Kent Hughes has been stockpiling picks in 2024 and 2025. Like They've taken on quite a few players that either have injury history or for whatever reason are not working out on their teams. They're essentially making themselves known as somewhere you can kind of dump some salary if you're willing to give up draft picks for it. And you just got to think about right now, like this is a long-term thing, right? Like Kent Hughes came in uh, in the 2021-2022 season. Albeit it was 2022 when he came in. And 2025 is like the fourth draft after that. So he started stockpiling picks and that's what he's doing over time, right? If he continues his tenure in this way, he's always going to have an abundance of pick whatever the draft, right? And this is going to be really interesting to watch. Like these draft picks are either assets or when they trade away prospects inevitably because whether they're over the salary cap or they need additional assistance, right? Um, they're gonna, you know, they have to trade some promising prospects in order to get a trade piece that would help in a cup run in a playoff run something like that like you know that the Canadians are going to have to start giving up some of their assets but what they're doing is they're giving themselves picks for the future right they're not mortgaging the entire future they're trying to kind of have this rolling way of stockpiling or this rolling way of assuring their future as they try to get better, as they know that their own draft uh, pick is going to get lower and lower and lower and lower as they get better as a team, as they go far in the playoffs. They're talking about being, you know, year in and year out contenders. At some point, they're going to need higher draft picks. And so it doesn't hurt to kind of collect them from whatever teams they can. Like, we don't know. Maybe Vancouver is going to be amazing two years from now and that pick is going to be, you know, a very late third rounder. We don't know that. But the more they have, the more they can either trade away or the more they can replenish their prospects if they ever have to give up prospects to make the team better in the long run. So I think with in terms of Tanner Pearson, like he doesn't he seems to kind of just be some guy like I don't necessarily think he's really going to change the makeup of his team in a remarkable um or noticeable way, really. I just personally think that the Canadians had this issue of what do we do with, with Casey DeSmith? Um, and they kind of solved it in this way. And they also 
you know, they got themselves a third rounder. They took on somebody who they could potentially use in a trade. So, you know, for me, like, it's not looking, it's not looking very much like the center of this was Tanner Pearson. The Canadians were trying to get rid of a goaltender, trying to get value for him, which is a pick. And they decided to take on this other additional player slash salary slash injury problem slash slash all of that in order to make that happen. Uh, so this is my rapid reaction, obviously. Uh, I'm going to collect my thoughts, do a little bit more research. We're going to get a little bit more in depth on that in tomorrow's episode. Also, what I'm going to do for tomorrow's episode is I'm going to take the segment that I did or Scott and I did for today, for today's episode, and I'm going to put it in in tomorrow's episode, like our thoughts on Mike Babcock and, and you know, that kind of privacy issue and that making young players uncomfortable and all of that. Um, but also we're going to talk a little bit, you know, we're going to get a little bit deeper into this, the the not the fallout, sorry, the results and the expected results of this trade. Uh, also to note, the Canadians have released their 72-man training camp roster. Uh, it's a very long roster. Uh, later on in today's episode, we're going to talk about training camp expectations. Uh, but I'll also talk a little bit more about that kind of stuff on tomorrow's episode. Also, we are back to our five-day week schedule this week, and I will have a mailbag episode. Uh, I do apologize for last week's mailbag episode being late. You should have it in your feeds now. Uh, there were some technical issues. First, I almost set fire to the house, and then uh, we had some internet issues as a result of the power outage that I caused. Uh, so it, it was like a long saga, and then it's kind of like stuck in limbo right now. Um, so I hope that you will see it in your feeds uh, tomorrow. And that'll be the belated mailback from last Friday. That would be, I think, episode 912, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but for today's episode 915, what's coming up next is the conversation Scott and I had first about Lane Hudson and then next about what we're expecting for training cab next week or it starts on the weekend. And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by JaceMedical.com. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code locked on. And as always, I would like to remind you never to take medication unless you're directed by a licensed physician. All right, what's next is the rest of the original episode 915. Scott and I will be talking about Lane Hudson and then some training camp expectations. All right, Lane Hudson time. I'm always excited to talk about Lane Hudson. And the reason that I did want to talk about Lane Hudson is because obviously he's in the NCAA. He was not part of the rookie showcase that Scott covered extensively on the last couple of episodes of this podcast. Um, 
And what I wanted to talk about a little bit was that he had a, a phenomenal year last year. He had a record-breaking year. There was so much going on. Um, and I'm very excited to have um, a contact now that we can bring on to talk about Lane Hudson, who follows him and covers him very closely, uh, which we will be doing in the coming weeks. But what I really, really wanted to talk about, Scott, is in our minds, what can Lane Hudson do to to build on his own success? I think it's not out of the realm of possibility, given who he is, for him to beat his own metrics from last year. But obviously, his line mates, his defense uh, uh, partners are going to change. His teammates are changing. There's going to be a lot of changes for him. And also, like I, I feel like despite how good he is, last year was so good that we can't consider it the standard. We have to consider it an outlier unless he proves otherwise. So what can Lane Hudson do this season to reassure us that he's still progressing and he's still on the right track to be a contributor in the NHL in the future? I'm going to kind of steal a thought process we had when we talked with other people about Joshua Wild last year is that he had a phenomenal year, not last year. He had a really good year last year, but the year before that he was one of the top scores in the QMJHL. And it was slightly unreasonable to potentially expect that, hey, he's going to repeat that again in terms of points and that what can he work on going back into a league where he can very clearly score at will at this point? We know Lane Hudson can put up offensive points. I don't think anyone is doubting that fact anymore. I think the biggest thing for Lane Hudson this year, I think, is keep himself in the Hobie conversation again. He's going to people are going to hone in on him. He's going to have to get creative, more creative than he already is. The biggest thing is working on the weaker spots of his game is that if Lane Hudson can improve his defensive side of the puck, I don't need him to be, you know, a prime Larry Robinson, anything like that. Just being a guy who's a little bit more comfortable defending in front of his own net, whether that be through hook or crook or however you want to do it down there, just be a little bit more stable when you're not pushing the puck forward and develop that side of your game a little bit. At the professional level, you are going to have to defend. There are not situations where you can just purely play offense unless you are immediately changing when you know the puck is out of your possession. And that's just not a thing that's going to happen here that if I'm, he doesn't need to become a defensive stalwart. He needs to just develop a little bit more cognizance in his own zone there. And I think that's the biggest thing. If that comes with, let's say 10 less points this year, but he becomes a lot more defensively solid. And a lot of fans are assuming probably going to go pro after this season here. I think a lot of us would take that on the flip side of things is that, Okay, maybe the defense doesn't improve, but if he continues to put up more points, also not going to be upset about that. It's been a while since the Canadians have had a purely offensive type on the back end. Like PK and Markov were the last two that like really kind of fit that vibe there a little bit. But I, I, I and this is not to say that Lynn Hudson will become PK Subban or Andre Markov. Please, I, I don't want to put that pressure on them. But I think it's one of those two things. Just round out that defensive game a little bit or improve, you know, the uh, the output. Though, And I think he's got a great base to build on. The hard part, like you said, is that first year was so good, it sets an expectation, rightly or wrongly, unfortunately. 
And that's the thing, like, he does seem to be the kind of person with determination and the mental ability to overcome things like that. There's going to be so much pressure on him uh, to match that production from last year. And I think it's not necessarily a big deal if he doesn't. I think if he's not matching that production, but also not improving his defensive game in his own end, or not be getting better prepared to play against the larger, more physical players in the NHL, um, then then you have a problem. But if he's doing the other little things correctly, and if he's building on his own talent and skill, like I think that's um, I think that's what that's necess- that that is what you want to see. Like in fact, I would prefer that over just like another year of point production without any improvement on the on the other end of the ice or on the other aspects of his game. I did kind of when you were talking about PK Subban or Markov, like for whatever reason, it just like I just remembered when Cole Caulfield before his draft was con- was compared to there were no NHL players they compared him to. It was Lionel Messi of all people. So if you could compare Lane Hudson to another player from another sport, what would it be, Scott? Like a Wednesday mailbag question for you. <laughs> yeah, like the thing about Lane Hudson for me is that like. He's unique. He's talismanic is how I described him in his top 25 under 25 profile is that he has a unique skill set. And it's I, if I'm trying to find a sports comparison here is that um, he reminds me kind of a lot of Patrick Mahomes in some aspects. And I, this is not that he's going to win all these championships. He has won a handful of them already. The bean pot and hockey East, et cetera, is that when you think you got him, he slips through and does something amazing. Every time oh, we figured him out because he's quiet so far, he does something incredible on the ice there. He is he is rare in that regard. There are players who have elusiveness, and then there's Lane Hudson, who has played as a small player his entire life. It's the same thing with Cole Caulfield. They have always been small players. They have learned to play while being small and factor that into their game there. They are used to trying people trying to overpower them. They constantly know how to shoulder check and to look for things. And it just makes them so elusive. And Lane Hudson, I know people like, oh, he's going to be small at the NHL level here. I watched Xavier Simino this week not give a crap about people who are almost a foot taller than he was. I think Lane Hudson's going to be okay. And he plays a much less physical style there. He's going to be fine. There will be bumps in the road there, but... I think that Patrick Mahomes like ability to just wriggle out of situations that he has no business getting out of is going to serve him so well at the next level. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think one of the things that, um, that for me with Lane Hudson is that there are so few players that you can compare him as a whole to in the NHL like there's aspects of his game that remind you of certain players in that like in the recent uh, NHL past but it's hardly ever it's hard like for me it's hardly ever possible to sorry I have to start that sentence again it's hardly ever difficult to find at least one player that you can compare an upcoming prospect to but with Lane Hudson I just can't find one player. It's aspects of his game that I can compare to aspects of other players that have come before him. But all of this to say is that it's going to be an exciting year and I'm excited to be able to cover him a little bit more closely this year. um, And we'll be keeping you all posted on updates. But in the meantime, 
training camp is coming up very, very shortly. It's in just a couple of days. And we want to go over our expectations uh, for training camp. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets whether you win or you lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And of us. All right, so let's talk about training camp. So today we are Wednesday when you are listening to this. Um, and training camp is on Saturday. It starts on Saturday the 23rd. Uh, so Scott, I think we should talk about what our expectations will be for this upcoming preseason. Like, what do we want to see? What are we expecting? We already know that Christian Dvorak is not going to be able to play because he's injured. Um, we know that there's a lot of young players that are trying to get a spot in the NHL and some of them who are even also trying to earn a spot in the AHL. Training camp's hard. Uh, just because it's like, okay, after the rookie showcase is over, maybe after the first couple days of camp, you'll see like a team C that is very clearly guys who are going to go back to junior, some guys who are going to go back to junior, some guys who are definitely destined for the AHL and ECHL. We're going to see a good chunk of players who will probably just go right to uh, Rocket and Lions training camp the next couple weeks here and not get that NHL look because they're just on an AHL or an ECHL deal kind of thing. I'm, the biggest thing is, is just I want to see cohesion, you know, start to building that chemistry with things here. Uh, I look at a lot of the names that we've talked about in the rookie showcase right now. Owen back, how long of a look is he going to get in the preseason here? Because this is a big year for him. It's his last year in juniors. Uh, Joshua Watt has hung around a fair bit the last two preseasons. He's shown himself to be a very good, useful player. And I know he's going to the AHL this year, but what can he do to kind of make the NHL team think twice? Who's going to earn one of those like last minute spots there? The Michael Pozzetta who, you know, impressed in everything in camp. The, the guys like Jake Evans who kind of come out of nowhere, the Raphael Harvey Pinards who's going to be that step, that person who steps up? Is there going to be a PTO at all? I know the Canadians don't have cap space and there's still some finagling to be done here, but what there's a lot of just things that I haven't, you know, sunk into place yet. Uh, and the biggest thing is I just want to see who's going to be that person that with their preseason performance ends up earning a longer look than we expected. Like Arbor Jack, I did a couple of years ago, William Trudeau last year. I want to know who's going to be that person who grabs the spotlight when everyone is so focused on one other thing that they are right there and that they are making you pay attention to them. Here's a question that I have not been able to answer very well. Where do you think Sean Farrell ends up this on opening night? So I don't think I need to explain that. I love Sean Farrell on this podcast. I've said it more times than ever. I'm one of his biggest fans. You're a Sean Watching Farrell him- hipster. 
Yes, I, I am actually. I was the one who wrote his draft profile. It was great. And then when they picked him, I'm like, I'm so smart. Um, <laughs> I look at Sean Farrell as someone who has all the tools and smarts and has an adjustment to the next level right now. He's going to be a mainstay with the Rocket. I think a pairing between him and Joshua Waugh would be a lot of fun. Waugh likes to be a shooter and has some deception to his game. And Farrell is all about playing high IQ hockey and getting pucks to the right area there. Giving them a veteran centerman will help that group there. He's going to be a big piece for the Rocket. There's going to be bumps in the road. He's not going to go to the AHL and put up 60 points immediately, which if he does, great. That's awesome. Fantastic kind of stuff. There's just some learning to his game there, learning the speed, the physicality, just the nuances of a pro game. I'd love to see him on the Habs opening night roster. I just, with the space right now, it would be a waste to just stick him on the fourth line and play like nine, 10 minutes a night. And I think he's going to be a big piece for the Rocket this upcoming season to start. I think so too. Um, and for me, like one of the things that I am kind of watching out for too is goaltending. I don't think necessarily the goaltending question is going to be answered in the preseason, but I do expect that Caden Primo is going to get a lot of looks in the preseason games. That is, I, I think you're going to see a lot from all, I think Alan will play some of the ones on the backside. They're going to play a lot of split goalie games. I think you're going to get Allen and Montembeau. You're going to get Primo and Montembeau. You're going to get Primo and Dobish. You're going to get some of these AHO guys. Quinton Miller might get a few starts, might split some time uh, here, depending on what they think of him. I thought he played very well in the rookie showcase uh, in the game that he started against Boston there. It's a it's a proving ground now. And like you said, I had completely forgotten about the whole goaltending situation because I keep forgetting Casey DeSmith is on this team too. It's a goalie battle royal, basically. And it's I, I want it solved before like I guess before we get too close to the season here is that make a goaltending decision. And we hear and we keep hearing that Hughes is looking to trade a goaltender and that Colorado now is looking for a goaltender because Pablo Francois might not be ready for the season. And it's just like, just trade, just, it, just kiss already. Like just make this happen so I can focus on other things here. And I also get why they might want to hold on to one of those goalies, because I assume Primo is going to go on waivers to go to the AHL this year. If he gets picked up. Okay. It happens. I don't think anyone's going to be, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. It's just, I want an answer. Let me know who the goal ten, who I can believe in as a goalie at this point. Has Primo finally gotten his like his yips? I guess I don't even know if that's the right term for it. Over with, or is there more to be done here? How does Slavkovsky look after injury? How does everybody look after injury? As a matter of fact, can Sean Monahan be consistent again? I I can't wait to watch Alex Newhook. It's like it feels like we're coming in with a brand new team that only has a few new faces to it. Who's going to win out on defense? Prospects are going to the AHL, whether we like it or not at this point. Like, there's so much to be giddy about. And I'm just like, I can't believe it's a week away at this point. Like, it, I am so very excited. Not even a whole week away. Just a couple of days away by the time that everybody's listening to this. Um, and as always, if you are listening to this, please make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on 
uh, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on formerly Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find us on most social media. I'm at The Actistic and Scott is at Scott Matla. Uh, also, make sure that you, if you have any questions, if you have any mailback questions and things like that, you can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments. Just put mailbag um mailbag question at the beginning of your comments so it will be addressed uh as a mailbag uh, on a mailbag episode uh, i have some fun stuff coming up without scott here for the rest of the week so please make sure you're tuned into that um, and don't forget to uh tell all your friends and give us good reviews if you want other people to discover us uh, we'll be with you throughout the um the season so thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time <laughs>